0: My name is Andranik Eskandarian, and you are listening to Team Eli Talk. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Team Eli Talk. I'm your host, Artif Takhari. Really glad that you could join us. And the World Cup that will take place in Russia is right upon us. A really exciting time. And, of course, for this edition of Team Melly Talk, I am really excited to be on the phone with two really Knowledgeable experts of Iranian football. First, Arya Alaverdi of Gulbazan. Arya, how you doing?
1: How are you, my friend? I'm good. i uh, happy to be back on the show. Hopefully, again, we can discuss more topics. And, of course, my friend Kiarash uh, joining us. Um, glad to be here.
0: Excellent. Glad to have you, of course. And our other guest, Arya, just mentioned him, Kiarash Mahdavi, yeah. a very popular Team elite fan. In the Iranian football community. Kiarash, how you doing, man?
2: Thank you for uh, having me on the show again. I'm happy to be back. I'm uh, hopeful but nervous at the same time, since our first uh, group game is uh, only a week away. So let's see what it
0: brings. Absolutely. I understand... The feeling of having a little bit of those nerves, you know, we always want to say let's keep it cool, let's relax, but easier said than done, especially when it involves Team LE, the national team of Iran. And let's just get right to our agenda first. You know, going back a little bit to what we talked about in our previous edition of Team LE Talk, but we're going to get right to the point here. So, we know there's three available keepers for Team LE. Ali Reza Beiran Vand, Mohammad Rashid Mazaheri, and Amir Abidzadeh. So, guys, I'm going to start first with you, Kiarash. Let's just say you are in that decision-making room with Carlos Queiroz and the rest of his staff. You have that decision to make. Who do you choose to start at keeper for Team LE? And give me a reason why. First
2: of all, it's a very difficult
0: decision. I've seen uh, the last friendies of Iran
2: with Peyron van den Goal, as usually. And uh, he made a solid impression. He's a very good shot stopper. He saved some 100% goals against Turkey. And uh, I was first thinking that Apatzada should definitely start. But I still think he should start uh, simply because uh, Carlos, Keiros, was uh, talking about uh, us being the surprise element. And I think nobody is expecting Apatzada to start. And we know Carlos is full of surprises. So I think um, Abbot the should start because he has the surprise element. Not only that, uh, earlier I talked about the experience he has um, got from playing against good teams in Europe like Porto and Sporting. Um, for his age, that's pretty good. I admire that about him. He seems very confident. And uh, the most important of all why I think uh, he should start against Morocco is because he's a very good ball distributor like I haven't seen many goalkeepers distributing the ball so good to the midfield and even to the strikers and because we have a counter-attacking game plan most likely uh, rely on the defense um, break on quick counters I think his uh, ball distribution will come very handy. so in short I think he should start Because he has the surprise elements and he's very good
0: with his feet. Excellent response, Kiarash. I really like the whole surprise element as well as the ball distribution skills and the counters. Next up, Arya, what do you think? Who do you choose to start if you have that power at this moment?
1: Uh, At this moment, I think uh, Biron Van is the, the man for the job. I don't think he's the best keeper. I don't think he has the fundamentally the best skills. As a goalkeeper, I think that uh, Mazahiri, for me, is the best keeper. Uh, I don't think Aubinzadeh is um, particularly great in terms of his shot stopping. I think he does fumble the ball a bit too much. I think he's a bit unconfident sometimes when he comes out. I also think that he's a bit small. I think his height is an issue that... um, could be an issue against taller teams, I think, especially with Morocco's striker, who seems like it's going to be um, Ayub El-Kabi, who's quite a tall guy, um, and they're going to be playing more direct play into his, into his uh, aerial uh, threat. I think it's going to be tough for Abouza uh, to always catch the ball and always punch it. So I think, for me, because of that, I think Beryl Van is, because he's a taller and taller, more athletic uh, goalkeeper. I think he's probably more, more likely to play. Uh, I think Kero will probably play him. I think that he should start, based on the experience he's had for so long for National. I don't think, like I said, for me, he isn't, he isn't the best keeper. But because of the experience he's had, and I'm sure he's been... You know, he's, he's had the confidence of playing his you know, friendlies against Lithuania Turkey. I think that's why he'll probably start. And I would probably start him as well because he's, you know, by far the most uh, athletic and uh, experienced for the national team. So, yeah, I think on Van.
0: Good response once again. I like how you're breaking things down. In our last edition of Team Ellie Talk, I feel like I was playing too much of the, uh, you know, just sitting back, let others share their two cents. So, you know, I gotta share my two cents as well. And my choice right now would be Ali Reza Baron van. Right now, I just have that mindset where we gotta play it safe or go with the guy we feel more comfortable. I feel like I feel like I'd be more comfortable with Baron van starting because of he's he's been playing more for Team Ellie. And you know, right now that's just that's just my instinct. Anyone wanna? Uh, have yeah, a yeah, yeah.
1: I agree, I agree, I agree. I think, uh, I think that, uh, like I've said before, Van is not the keeper. If if I also pick a keeper to say who is the best, just as a goalkeeper, for me, Mazaheri is the better keeper. But it, it also comes in; it's a mental game. The World Cup is a different uh, competition to to play in the league. The league, uh, Mazaheri probably isn't. isn't having the best clean sheets, but he's probably performing better, but Omeron van is a player who who's played at that level for a little while now, he's played in the ACL for a long time Um, he's played in competitions that, you know in in the qualifiers, I thought he was good I think the only time he was bad uh, they've been in the recent I think in the friendlies, he's been a little bit uh, complacent and I don't think that he'll do that in the World Cup I hope not because I think Behron a a talented player, but he has to show it. But yeah, he will start. I mean, I don't think uh, Kiro is going to play all the time. Um, Kiroch, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I also want to elaborate on that a little bit. Um, Carlos uh, has shown his trust uh, to Bayron Van, despite his uh, minor mistakes. And I think that's a very good sign. And it's uh, paying off lately, because um, if you ask me, Behron Vine has gotten recently quite better than I, I would have thought on him. Like his uh, one-on-one saves were really decent, and I think we have to give him credits for that, and we should just trust on him because, just like Arash was saying, now it's a little bit too late to uh, change goalkeepers, although I still think Abetsoda will be a decent uh, option to consider, but these are just my sense.
0: All right, thank you, gentlemen. Let's move on out to the next part of our agenda. Just to recap what we just said, Arya and myself believe it's going to be Baron Vand. And Kiarash chose Amir Abidzadeh. Of course, that's a, he is the son of legendary Iranian keeper Ahmad Reza Abidzadeh, who started for Iran in two of the three matches at the 1998 World Cup in France. Now, the next thing on our agenda. I kind of like to call it the Cheshmi question, but let me just get right to it. We've seen and we've also heard the pundits talk about Ruzbet Cheshmi being a liability on defense for Team L.E. And Arya, for, in your opinion, do you feel this is a situation now where Team L.E. cannot take this risk and start Ruzbet Cheshmi as a center back at the World Cup?
1: I mean, it's a tough question because Cheshmi started the last two friendlies um and i i believe from what i've heard uh, that Roche, uh likes him as a player now as a defender i mean he can't hide from that against turkey he was awful you know he, he made two mistakes that were pretty pretty much you could see the first one maybe was a bit of a team error you know the ball through was a bit of a team error but the second goal was a individual error like there's no doubt about that and i don't think that um for me, uh, Cheshmi is not a centre-back. He, he hasn't been a centre-back much for SML and even if he has been, you know, I think Majid Hosseini has basically covered him really, really, really well in all the games that he's played for SML at centre-back. So for me, he, I think he will start. I think uh, Kirosh um, is uh, a little bit stubborn in that sense that he probably will start him because he's played for the national team in the last couple of friendlies, and he sees him as that sort of ball-playing centre-back, which I don't get, but he does, Um, so I think he will start, but I don't think he, I think, like you said, it's a liability, Um, but hopefully, you know, in the bigger game, you know, uh, in the more of a pressure scenario, he will shine, you know, maybe under pressure in a big game, he'll shine, and maybe uh, against Turkey, it was a... You know, it's a bit, of a, a bit of a, let's say, complacency and uh, lack of a focus. But ho- hopefully, you know, I- I'm going to back him all the way even if he starts because in the day, we after.
0: Now, my question for you, Kiel Rash, is that let's just say Carlos Quiroz and his staff are talking about, you know, of course, the problems on defense. They come to decisions they need to make. Do you feel like maybe it's possible that Carlos Queiroz is feeling the pressure that he has to start Morteza Ganji and Pejman Montazeri together as the two centre-backs?
2: My simple answer to that question is definitely a yes. Because um, before the Tunisia game, these months before the Tunisia game, uh, we were really looking solid in defence. We barely conceded any goals And what's strange to me is that just straight before the World Cup, the most important tournament for any nation, uh, Carlos decided to change a winning team. For me, that's really uh, difficult to understand because uh, Montagiri and poor Ganji are a really solid duo. And um, Bruce Bichesmi, I am trying to see the positives of uh, him being reintegrated to the team because he has very good height. He's 190, so he's uh, good for during set pieces. We have seen his goal against Uzbekistan, not the best team, but still, I think Carlos um, puts the focus on uh, athleticism and height. Um, If you look at our squad, all of our players are really tall. I think he wants to make uh, use of that, and he believes that uh, height is a good attribute to um, probably pull an upset against smaller teams like Spain. I think that's one of the main reasons why Chishmi plays, because other than that, to me, Ruzbach Chishmi uh, does not look like a player who has a, a sense of uh, the game. Like his footballing IQ um, does not match what we should expect him from a center back at the World Cup stage. If you compare him to Payman Monteziri, um, and look at, for example, the Argentina game or all three World Cup games, uh, even foreign pundits were saying that Payman Montessori was a really intelligent player. Um, he might be a little bit old, average height or leg speed, but um, he really knows how to read the game very well. And I think that's much more important than uh, a tall defender like Ruzbet Shishmi. But I still have to back Ruz uh, with Chishmi. And I believe that his height can uh, be really useful against uh, especially Spain. That will be a really tough uh, game. But uh, yeah, let's trust what Kairos will Although it's a very questionable decision to uh, start Chishmi probably as a center back next
0: week. You know, earlier when we started this show... You pointed out that you're a little nervous, and I got to be quick to say, I will be feeling nervous if Cheshmi starts at center back, you know, against Morocco, you know, whatever teams are playing against, also Spain and Portugal, but, you know, once that whistle blows, I'll be able to say, you know, let's just watch the game. I'm planning on being loud and, you know, just enjoying it, and just once the game starts, you know, we all get into that game mode, so good response. We'll see what happens. I do, of course, there are the good things about Ruzbet Cheshmi, but right now, like I said, you know, from my point of view, I would be more comfortable right now going with Purali Ganji and Montazeri. So let's move past that now and go to the next question on our agenda. Now I'm going to start with you, Kiarash. And who do you think will be the super sub for Team LE at the World Cup?
2: That's a very good uh, question because we have two uh, very decent forwards uh, who are not even guaranteed starter. And I'm talking about uh, Simon Hudus playing for Ostersunds and Reza Gusani for here in vain. Um, first, I want to talk a little about uh, about Simon Hudus. Um, Everyone thought he would get newly a starting place because he plays in Europe and has been doing very well lately. Um, there are rumors about him going to Celta Figo in La Liga. And uh, most of us expected him to play, at least in the friendlies, but that hasn't happened yet. Uh, one can, might wonder why that is the case. So uh, that brings me to Rizzo Gutsanejad. Um, look back at the Turkey game. As, as soon as he came in, we were behind with two goals. Um, there were more attacking threats in the Turkey's uh, penalty box. And uh, he single-handedly cast the penalty. Um, from that handball from that Turkish player. If that Turkish player didn't make that handball, that that ball will have went in. So he knows how to uh, be in the right place in the box every time when we need a goal. So I think, and that's my prediction, that uh, God forbid if we uh, fall one goal behind, I think uh, Reza Gusanejad will be brought in as our super substitution. To create something out of nothing, but because that's basically what he does. Um, one another example was the UAE game in the Asian Cup in 2015. It was a stalemate, 0-0, zero, zero, and in the 90 minutes, he just comes out of nowhere and scores the winning goal. We really need that kind of uh, kind of substitution. And Rotos, he's a good player, but I think he needs more time to uh, acclimate to the team. Because he has the language barrier and all that stuff. It's not that easy as we think that we can just put in a new player and uh, he will do well. But I believe
0: Kudus um, will be useful as
2: well, but just in a different sense.
0: All right, Arya, your turn. Who is your super sub for Team Eli at the World Cup? I think
1: uh, Kiraj is right. I think uh, it will be between Kudus and Puchin But I think the reason why Kudus won't necessarily start... Uh, it's because the 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 way he plays for Sun is completely different to the way he'll play for Iran. In the uh, everything goes through him; he's the main guy. Whereas when he plays for Iran, uh, it won't be the case. Iran's very much a team, very much a a group, a unit. And uh, Sun, he is pretty much you know like their Neymar. He everything goes through him. Everything um, he he's a vocal point. Whereas in, in Iran it won't be that, so I think Kirosh looks at that and thinks, okay, as a sub, I think um, in the last twenty minutes, thirty minutes, if you come on and uh, pass the ball to him, let him do some skills and try and score a goal. I think same with Kuchinajad, you know, he's not going to start the game, uh, no chance. Whereas yeah, we've seen him in games where he can score in the last ten minutes, and I think that's probably what he has to be doing for Iran uh, at this World Cup. Other than that, I think also uh, Mahid Amiri, actually, uh, surprisingly enough, would be a good sub because uh, when, we're, when we're tired and we can't run, and we need to bring on a defensive-minded uh, player in the attacking third. Uh, you bring on Amiri and you run for you. And I think that's why he's in the squad. Um, uh, yeah, I think those three are sort of important players to have on the bench uh, to impact the game in their own sort of
0: ways. All right, guys. I really like your answers. Both of these players were the names I was expecting to hear. Not a shock. Reza Guchannejad and also Saman Godous. I think that this could be. A, I think it's because of the depth Team Ellie has that they can really create some exciting matches. And so I agree. You know that it's going to be Gucci or Godous to be the super sub. But like for me, an honorable mention. I want to point out. Some people may think I'm crazy, but if you want to think that, perfectly fine. I feel like the other teams, of course, and by other teams, I mean our opponents, Morocco, Spain, Portugal, they've obviously been doing their homework. These are the players that they really have underlined, that they're going to be watching for coming off the bench. And a player, I think, that could really surprise everyone because in earlier, you know, Kiarash mentioned the whole surprise element. I feel like Mehdi Torabi, can be one of those X-factor players off the bench. He's got great skill, and he's also dangerous with set pieces. Any rebuttal here from either one of you? How about Kiarash first?
2: Me, uh, Orbi, I've always thought he would uh, be the type of player that can make an impact uh, late in the game. Um, I remember Montenegro game, uh, he came on. Montenegro is a quite uh, decent European team, especially if you compare it to EFC standards. And I was uh, delighted by his pace, by his skills. He reminds me a bit of Masu uh, Sujai in his younger, younger days, but a little bit more raw. I think he needs uh, really needs to move to Europe to uh, develop his talent further, because um, it's a waste of his talent and potential to stay in the Persian Gulf League. I think he really needs to move abroad, and uh, recently, Har has has um, hired like two two Iranian players, Omi Nuraf Khan and Ali Golizadeh. So hopefully the gate for Iranian players to Belgium has opened. And I think that uh, Torabi can be the X-factor, but he needs to work on it afterwards, like after the World Cup, and uh, go for his chance in Europe. But I agree with you, he can be the X-factor.
0: There definitely has been an Iranian invasion of Belgium. Arya, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, uh, Torabi is a great player. You know, a lot of really skillful player. a uh, kind of a player who uh, I don't think we actually have his quality. And I actually, I don't think uh, Jamal actually is that type of player. You know, I think yeah, Torabi is very, very direct. He'll run up players, he'll cause issues, he track back. He has the same sort of work rate that Amiri does. Oh, a bit more skillful, I would say. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, Torab is great. If he goes to Europe, brilliant, because he has to. I think uh, it's time. He's 20. He's 23 years old. He's not getting any younger. You know, he's, this is about time now that he goes to Europe and, and blossoms, because uh, for sure, the next World Cup will be his. I I think, uh, you know, him and Gordade and Jaumbash and um uh, these players will be at the World Cup again next some um, next uh, uh next World Cup and they'll have to show the younger players who come in, uh, such as uh, Delphi and all that, that they're the boss and they're gonna start the game and they're not gonna let Delphi start the game, you know, but you know, now this year it's different, this year they have to prove themselves and they, ha- they have to go to Europe. You know, Khuriza just gone to Europe and he's um, You know, he's showing that uh, he wants to be uh, a player for the future in the national team. And Torabi has to do the same. You know, he's older. He's actually older than boys there as well. So it's important that he goes to Europe and uh, shows uh, what he's all about.
0: Great explanation once again, Arya. And of course, Kiarash as well. And remember, everyone, this message now to all our supporters. We are always looking forward to your input. Let us know what you think. You can find us on Social media, Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You know the handle, at Team Eli Talk. Tell us what you think. Who should be the starting keeper for Team Eli at the World Cup? Do you think Ruzbet Cheshmi should be starting at center back? And who is your super sub? Let us know. And with that, we're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Omid Nazari. And uh, you are listening to Team Eli Talk. Okay, everybody. Welcome back to Team Eli Talk. And of course I'm joined by Arya Alaverdi and Kiarash Mahdavi. Glad you're with us guys. Now moving on now. The next part of our agenda. And unfortunately it seems like this tends to be a cycle where there where there is bad preparation leading up to the World Cup. You know now let's look back at this a bit. It was nice for Team LE to play against Turkey in Istanbul. The result was not what we wanted, but it was still a good preparation match. Then the friendly match against Greece got cancelled. Then even the friendly match against Kosovo got cancelled. You know, clearly a disaster right there. We didn't get to play a friendly match against Lithuania in Russia. And now when I look back to 2014, I remember the preparation at times maybe wasn't top-notch. I remember Iran playing against Trinidad and Tobago in Brazil prior to the 2014 World Cup. Now my question for you first, Arya, is, is this like another carbon copy preparation? For Team Le, and do we do you think a lot of Team Le fans are expecting possibly negative results because of what Carlos Quiroz said is not really adequate preparation?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, listen, our uh, domestic players need it. You know, I don't think our foreign-based players need so much preparation. I mean, I think they're already prepared to play high-level games. But luckily for us, uh, most of our players that are going to start the game are going to be. Uh, uh, foreign-based players, or maybe a couple, maybe Bayram, Van, Chishmi, Amiri. Only a few of them will actually start who are playing domestically. But you know, even as a team, as a as a collective unit, you have to be prepared for you know tactically prepared. And I think that's the issue right now is that what we've seen in the last friendlies is um, we weren't tactically uh, prepared uh, for Turkey. Um, obviously we played Lithuania But we only beat them 1-0 And it was a last minute goal But fired. You know, It wasn't as if we were you know, destroying them Which we probably should have um, So um, that, sh- that tells me That we're a little bit uh, Lacking uh, tactically uh, In terms of the, in terms of the uh, Ability to actually um, you know, Pan out How we're going to uh, play the matches Against Morocco, against Spain, against Portugal because uh, this is an issue. It's an issue that uh, has to be solved, but it won't be solved because we're, four, we're five days away. So, you know, um, I, feel, I feel sorry for them because uh, they've done so well on the qualifiers. But this is how the Iranian uh, Federation, uh, the country, um, deal with the, the players. Uh, you know, as Karish said, they uh, they took priority to the Asian Champions League over the, uh, the World Cup. They were trying to say that it wasn't that way, but if you look at the this, the the facts, they um, they prioritized the A- Asian Champions League over the World Cup, and that for me is uh, is uh, it's ridiculous. It's uh, it's bad, and uh, it's just the way it goes. And we need to just push forward. And hope for the best, pretty much again, uh, which is bad. But you know, that's, that's what happens when you have a a federation that's uh, incompetent the way they are.
0: Now, Kiarash, an important question for you. Now, we know the preparation has not been top notch. You know, this is not late breaking news. But do you feel as if this team LE roster and the talent they have is this the overcoming factor? where people could just forget about that bad preparation?
2: No, I don't think at all. I will be very honest with you all. Uh, Personally, I am very dissatisfied by our preparation. Um, In 2017, we played many, many good friendlies, Montenegro, Panama, Venezuela, Russia. Back then, our opponents were not even announced. Like, we didn't know that we will face Morocco, Portugal, and Spain. So... That raised me the question is, we knew the draw in December 2017, and we haven't come up with decent opponents. while we had so many time to organize, to arrange. Even like UEFA B teams that are willing to play us, we couldn't um, manage to organize a friendly. Like instead of a team like Paris, who we should have played early March, we end up with Sierra Leone. Like Ario said, um, I feel bad for the players, also uh, the coaching staff, that our federation is not able to provide us with the preparation we actually need. So we end up with um, the leftovers that no one wants to play against, and even those teams just line up their experimental side or, or their B side. This is something that really bothers me. And I think that uh, based on this preparation, especially the fact that um, the Turkey game showed that we're technically still not ready, still not adjusted, shows me that we need to be realistic about our aim at this World Cup. We mm, we knew what we needed to do to be prepared for Morocco well, and I think the cancellation of the Greece, Greece game really hurt us. I think that will the idiot friendly to uh, fine-tune some technical uh, things we wanted to implement or to see how a certain player really does. Um, I think we really missed out on that opportunity but uh, as I heard the Greece Federation was not willing to work, uh, cooperate with us. So I think it's not entirely on the Federation but for like most of time I really blame them. And I was very optimistic first, but I just managed my expectations just because of this... Uh, I thought, yeah, this preparation just not worth uh, our status, as still building, if you, you ask me. It, doesn't, it does us very short.
1: I just want to add, uh, sorry, um, I want to say, you know, although Greece didn't want to cooperate with us and we I messed up the family because of them, it was their fault. But you have to look back at the start of the preparation after the Algeria match. The federation, they looked at the Asian uh, Champions League and they basically, this is upsetting for me, because what they did was they basically said to k you can train our players in the PEC, the Performance Elite Centre, right? And then what well, we're going to take our players back off you but they have to play in the Champions League, so basically they used um uh, you know, managerial uh, ability. They used the fitness coach's um, uh, proficiency, and they took their um, profession. They paid; they, they barely paid them. And now they're actually using the players in the Champions League, and now they have to go and play in the World Cup. In my opinion, the Champions League should have finished way before. Or yeah. the. But It's, not, it's just, just the way it goes. And our, our country wants to play in the Asian Cup, Champions League, you know, what can we do?
2: Yeah, it's just like four years ago, it was like the exact same situation with the Asian Champions League. And four years later, they still haven't managed to find a solution. One would question, why the AFC decided to schedule uh, the Asian Champions League, knowing that there's a World Cup coming up? That just doesn't add up for me. But oh well, I think these things are really how it is in Asia.
0: Well, when it comes to incompetence, we know that word goes very well with the Asian Football Confederation. And, you know, Kirash, I appreciate your answers. You know, let's be realistic about something. We always, of course, there's times we could listen to other podcasts or read other articles about Team Eli, the national team of Iran. And there's lots of times where everyone could be very, very optimistic. But, you know, you're, you're showing, you've shown us, You know, the realistic view and, you know, the reality of what's been going on. And yes, it's going to be tough. We have to wait and see how things go. Obviously, we're going to be hopeful for those who are going to be at the stadium. We plan on being loud and as crazy as we can to create a home field atmosphere there. Now, let's go moving forward to a little bit of some predictions. When looking back at the 1978, 1998, 2006, and 2014 World Cup, and of course involving Team L.A., the national team of Iran, the most goals they have scored at a World Cup is just two. And in 2014, despite that amazing performance against Argentina, Iran only came away with one goal, that was from Reza Nejad against Bosnia-Herzegovina. Now let's start first with you, Kiarash. The most goals we've seen Iran score at a World Cup is two. Will we see more in Russia? Well, um... Our forwards um, are talented.
2: That's not the question. We have a stacked forward line. Um, I think we need to use that opportunity because back in 2014, only uh, Reza and Karim fired were taken to Brazil as our strikers. So if you compare these two squads, I think it's safe to say that um, there will be some goals. Hopefully, the goals that will be scored are going to be more meaningful in the sense that um, it's going to be more decisive. But I am hopeful that uh, Carlos Carlos is going to utilize the opportunity that he has, that we now have more attacking talent. And something tells me that he is going to do that because lately he has been uh, way more offensive in his approaches. Um, he's taking way more risks than he usually did. But um, one thing that worries me is, um, I, look, I looked it up, and in seven years of Carlos Caro's coaching, uh, when Iran falls uh, behind, they haven't been able to turn the match around and win. So for me, that's um, a sad, because it tells me that Iran really needs to score the first goal. If they don't, it will be an uphill task to overcome this if you haven't uh, turned such a match around in seven years. I think that's something we really, really need to remind ourselves that if we don't score the first goal, it will be very difficult to come out this game victorious. But if we do score the first goal, things are looking very good. Our team is made to protect the lead. We have seen that so many times. And I think that uh, gives me the hope that if we score a goal early, early in the second half, like we most of times do, then um, we're destined to win that game. And I hope that's going to happen because I think this is only going to go two ways, either we lose like 1-0 to or do you just win 1-0. to
0: It will be a low score line. And Arya, how about you? Are we going to see Team L.E. score more than two goals in Russia?
1: Um, I mean, possibly. I, I think uh, it's tough against Portugal and Spain. I actually think it's tougher against uh, Morocco, to be honest, because uh, the way I see the Morocco game going is that the first half is going to be very cagey. It's going to be a very uh, cagey affair, and uh, both teams are going to be pretty much uh, neck and neck. Um, but I think the second half, I think the, the the team that's going to break out of the shell uh, f- first and start to attack and really um, try and score the goal is Morocco. I think Morocco will try and attack the game first. I think they'll try and uh, uh, you know really uh, use their uh, players like Belhonda and Ziyech. <laughs> and uh, try and score goals. And I think Iran will sit back and counter them. And I think that's when Iran will try and get the goals. I don't think Iran's going to go after the game um, at all against Morocco. I don't think that they uh, should either, because uh, we have a weak defence compared to the... uh, you know, And we've seen that Cheshire is not the best player. Parali Ganji has made mistakes in the past. And I think that we have to actually be defensive because we're also missing of course Saïd, is at so we don't have a great defensive rock in the middle so I think that we will play a very much defensive game against Morocco I think it will be the same against Spain and Portugal so the goals won't be uh, you know high uh, we can't expect that but again you know Jalbash did score 21 goals this season and so Ansari scored 17 goals this season etc etc that's fantastic but this is the World Cup, different ball game, um, different teams. So we'll see, but I, I really hope we do because uh, I don't want another one of those uh, Nigeria nil-nil games that we had against in 2014 because that was literally the most boring thing I've seen in my life. But hopefully we score some goals. I, I hope so.
0: And you mentioned that nil-nil game to start the 2014 World Cup between Iran and Nigeria. That of course was the first match for Iran, and I remember that being. Uh, very boring as well. So let's just get right to our predictions, gentlemen. I'm going to start first with you, Arya. What's your prediction for that final score between Iran against Morocco in St. Petersburg? Uh,
1: oh, I'm really bad at my predictions. I'm, I'm like literally the worst at it. But I'll try my best. I think uh, Iran will get the win. Uh, I think that will be uh, a hard-fought win. I think it will be an ugly win. I think any goal that we score will be very difficult to get, but I think we'll get it, and I think it'll be a 1-0 victory for uh, Team L.E.
0: Kiarash, your turn, your prediction. Let's hear it. Um, I am hopeful.
2: I always try to be hopeful, also in life. And I think that Iran is going to win uh, 2-0, simply uh, because Iran is going to score... um, a goal late in the first half, just just what I'm thinking. So Morocco has no other option than to go forward. And uh, they will probably concede or se- the second goal late in the game on the second half. So we will get the full three points and we'll go to Spain. Excellent.
1: Now time And you And you hold on no 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 you need to give me your prediction as well.
2: <laughs>
0: Yes, I do plan on sharing my my prediction. Here it is right here. I'm picking a 2-1 victory for Iran over Morocco. I'm actually seeing it as Morocco takes an early lead and Iran settles down and finds a way to come back and get that come-from-behind victory. That would be amazing if that happens. I agree. definitely would be amazing. But, you know, this is the World Cup coming up and stranger things have happened before... And all I could say is, I'm excited, I'm ready. We know there's been some bad preparation, but it's just time to get excited and rally all the Team LE supporters to do what they have to do. And it has to get started first in St. Petersburg when Team LE takes on the national team of Morocco. And Arya and Kiarash, it was a pleasure to have you. We're getting ready to finish this edition of Team LE Talk. Is there something that you would like to add? Let's go with you first, Kiarash. Um, I'm,
2: uh, of course, very thankful for you, RS, to have me on the show twice. I hope to do more podcasts for you in the future, meaning that um, there will be some positives to talk about in our um, period that we will be in Russia. And um, I am very optimistic for the World Cup. And I wish that ultimately friends around the world share the same feeling. And we need to be, stay behind at our team and support them as much as we can. Arya, how about you? One last thing to say?
1: Yeah, um, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens in the World Cup. I think uh, yeah, we have a really uh, good-looking team. We've seen that in the past couple of weeks. You know, uh, I hope that um, gives us a boost going forward. You know, I think that our team uh, has the quality to do well. Uh, I think the, the team uh, has the 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 grit and the the spirit to do well. Um, Hopefully, uh, the fans get behind them. You know, we have to get behind our team. You know, I think there's been too much negativity over the past couple of weeks with the Cheshmi situation and all that. No, we have to get behind our team, you know, and uh, we have to make sure that they get the result uh, that they want and they need, you know, because uh, they uh, have worked hard. You know, I've been watching their training sessions. They're working hard. You know, And I'm sure Spain and Portugal and Morocco are too, but I just think Iran uh, have been doing this, uh, have been going through this in their head for ages because uh, that last World Cup, I think, was a, a bit of a, a, a you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't fair, in my opinion, the way they lost. So I think this year, with VAR as well, I think we can get the result and do well. well hopefully, we'll, we'll see what happens, but um, good luck to everyone.
0: Well, thank you, Arya. And once again, thank you, Kiarash. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this edition of Team Ellie Talk. We really do appreciate the support. You know where to find us on social media Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You know the handle, at Team Ellie Talk. And also, make sure to check out our YouTube channel. You do not want to miss our upcoming videos. We'll be bringing you up to date information involving Team Ellie at the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia. So you don't want to miss that. Also, Keep up with our blog. You know the address of our website, www.teamletalk.com. Thank you everybody for tuning in to this edition of Team LA Talk. Once again, thank you for the support, and we are ready for the 2018 World Cup in Russia.